Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer Candy Washington helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go. and welcome back. As always, I'm your girl, Candy Washington, and I am here to help you lead a more joyful life. But before we dive into today's episode with the beautiful, gorgeous, talented, awesome, amazing Andrea Price, you know what to do. If this is your first time here or if you're returning, be sure to like this video and subscribe if you're watching on YouTube or if you're listening on our podcast podcast platforms. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And don't forget to check out all of the goodies we have in the description box and the show notes. We have merchandise, we have courses, we have coaching, we have freebies, we have new le- newsletters, and we even have a couple of movies. So go ahead and treat yourself and check out everything below in the description box and in the show notes. And of course, don't forget to share this with a friend, share this podcast, share this YouTube channel, share this message to anyone that might just need a little bit of joy in their life, a little bit of glow up in their life, a little bit of self-love, self-worth, and self-esteem. Because remember, your journey to loving yourself is always easier with a little bit of support. So with that, let's dive into today's episode and welcome everyone, the amazing Andrea, or Andrea. (laughs) I got it, you guys. Andrea Price. So she is the founder of LNO Greek, which is a really cool lifestyle brand um, around different Black uh, fraternities and sororities. And we're going to dive into that. And then we'll also dive into her own personal story and journey around body image and really making it her mission for other people to see that beauty comes from within and they can have their own confidence and they can start to accept themselves for who they are because who they are is more than enough. So welcome. How are you? I'm great today. Thank you so much, Andy, for having me. Absolutely. (laughs) I look forward to just sharing my journey with you all and sharing um, just what I think is about, you know, self-love and how you should love yourself. So thank you so much. You're welcome. So do you want to dive in? Tell us a little bit about yourself, about your journey, and how do you define self-love? Like, what is self-love to you? So I'm going to start with the first one. Um, What is self-love? So jokingly, I say this, but self-love is, um, for me now, everybody has their own definition. And this is how I, I guess, execute self-love. So I have an Andrea day in which I go to the spa, I turn off my phone. I do this once a month just to recharge, regroup, and just have time for myself and to understand what I like, what I love, what I don't like, what I don't want, and just kind of just be at peace. So that is how I execute self-love. But self-love is honestly loving yourself without limits or boundaries, um, no matter what your insecurities are, still loving yourself through those insecurities, through the things you don't like. That to me is self-love and having a positive outlook about it. That's self-love. I love that because I I, I agree 100%. Like I always talk about the difference between self-care and self-love. So it's exactly what you said, you know, self-care is the, is the tools that you use and the practices and the rituals and the resources. It's the going to the spa day. It's the disconnecting. It's the action, right? That's what the self-care is. 
Um, but then self-love, exactly like you said, it's actually cultivating a compassionate and loving, accepting and forgiving relationship to yourself. So self-love is the relationship you have to yourself. And self-care is the way in which you, just like you said, execute, show that relationship to yourself, right? Mm -hmm. So I absolutely love that. And what was your inspiration behind um, your LNO your LNO Greek. I was looking at it. I went to a university where we didn't have Greek lifestyles. I'm just, I'm obsessed with it because I feel like I would have been like, <laughs> I mean, let's be honest, I totally would have been a sorority. So, <laughs> so I I'm like, so yeah, yeah, Georgetown. I was just like, oh. <laughs> yeah, it's not that big, I guess, at Georgetown. I know at Howard, yeah. it's a really big thing, but um, yeah. I pledged the sorority uh, my second or my third year in college. And when I pledged, I was just like, oh, wow. You know, I'm super excited to be a part of the sorority, like exciting. Like, so I don't want to take the excitement away, yeah. but they gave us these big boxy men's t-shirts and I'm like, uh, mm, okay, well, you we know, yeah. I'm like, I mean, we're in the sorority, so I don't really want it, but I'm I want it because it's my sorority. So, um, you know, years later down the line, I just kept, you know, the paraphernalia kind of didn't change. I didn't see things that I really wanted to wear. I didn't really wear paraphernalia. So what's the idea? Obviously, if it's not in the marketplace, you come up and create it yourself. So I decided to design um, paraphernalia for people who want to be a little bit elevated and just not wear t-shirts. I, I have nothing against <laughs> t-shirts. They're just not typically my style. I wear them sometimes, but it's not truly my style. And when I wear a t-shirt, I won't lie, I do tie it in the back most of the time. So we can have the same shirt on and you probably wouldn't even know. Yeah. No, I love that. I love, I think that's a really good tip for anybody who's like listening or watching. If you see a need in a space, you know, you're like, oh, we have these boxy t-shirts, but like, you know, like we're women and this is a sorority and we're supposed to be like feminine and fun and we're wearing these big boxy things. So you saw a need, you saw a gap in what was being provided versus what the demand was. And so you answered, you know, that need, that gap with your clothing line. I think that's amazing. And I also love how you put your own personal stamp on it. You know, you're like, if I'm going to wear the t-shirt. I'm going to tie it in the back. You know, I'm going to make it, you know, it's Andrea's wearing it, you know, it's your look. So you have your own signature style and flow, which I think really shines through in your, um, in your apparel line, just in your personality and your energy. So that's really great. So I think that's a good piece of advice for anybody who might be looking to start something or create something on their own. Where is the need? in your own life, you know, you don't have to be like Steve Jobs and be like, Oh, let me make the iPhone or whatever. Right. It's just in your own life. Is there a need, you know, is there a gap between what you want and what's being offered? And if there is, how can you fill that gap? So I love that you did that. And do you want to talk a little bit about um, your journey with like body image and how you feel about and how you feel about yourself? I think that will, that definitely resonates with me and I'm sure it'll resonate with everyone listening and watching as well. Okay. So growing up, I typically, well, this is, it's really kind of a hard story to explain because mm -hmm. it's really not that hard, but back in the day, I mean, I guess <laughs> it's a lot of context. I just have to give a lot of context, I guess. Okay. So, you know, I used to be the, what they call the chubby kid, mm -hmm. but if, when I go back and look at pictures, I wasn't that chubby. And so I say that to say, like, I had this complex in my head and the people around me 
you know, yet was I larger? Absolutely. But I wasn't chubby. I wasn't overweight, um, you know, health wise, you know, where there was something wrong, but I was a chubbier kid. And it was just like, it used to eat me up inside a lot of the times. Um, you know, a lot of people may not comment on my weight, like, you know, picking fun at me, but there were always comments made like, um, you're going to be so pretty when you thin out and like all these mm-hmm. kind of comments. And it's like, those things kind of stuck with me yeah. um, growing up. And I'm like, well, I kind of don't know that I'm going to thin out because <laughs> this is what I am and this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And honestly, today I love myself. <clears throat> um, I'm very happy with where my body is. Um, it's funny because my therapist and I tried to work through something a few weeks ago yeah. about my weight. And she was like, you love your, you choose like, you love your weight. She was like, you are just upset with some of the people who, um, you know, gave you negative energy about your weight. She was like, but you have no, no body issues. And I'll, right. nothing was resonating with me. And so I say that to say a lot of this stuff stems from childhood, from things, mm-hmm. you know, you say stuff to kids or you say stuff and you have no idea how it, you know, manifests 20, 10, 20 years later. Um, and how you make decisions eating. And I didn't make healthy eating decisions because I didn't love myself and I didn't believe I was worthy. And that's one thing I like to help people with. Like people say they want to lose weight. Well, before you lose weight, you have to love the body you're in. I know Mm -hmm. me, I didn't like to be in the mirror naked. So when I used to get out of the shower, I used to close my eyes. Now, don't laugh, okay? I (laughs) I used to close my eyes so I could get to my room. I said my bathroom is connected to my room so I can get to my room without a mirror and then get dressed because I didn't want to see myself. But it's like, honey, if you're not loving what's right here, right in front of you, you're not going to believe that you're worthy of making the right decision of eating a salad. Now, I don't even agree with eating a salad all the time. Like, right. yeah. making a healthy decision um, and making the balance because I love ice cream and it's all about balance. Me too. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that that's it in a nutshell. No, I love that because a lot of things came up when you were talking, like particularly when we're younger and the people around us they'll have those microaggressions like, Oh, she's the pretty one. Oh, she's the thin one. Oh, you'll be pretty. You'll be desirable. You'll be this, you'll be that when you lose the weight, when you thin out or whatever. And the undercurrent is somehow you're not lovable. Somehow you're not good enough. Now, somehow something about you now isn't enough. And I think that really is what erodes our self-esteem, our confidence, our sense of self, And then that really shapes the women and men, you know, that we become in adulthood, thinking that somehow at our core, you know, even if we quote unquote lose the weight, which doesn't even make any sense, but, you know, just in our society, if we lose the weight inside, we're still feeling like there's lack because Mm -hmm. at the core, we were taught you're not good enough. Something about you just is not enough. You're not worthy of this. You're not lovable. You're not blah, 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 right? Exactly. And that really is what eats away at us. And that's why we can either start to overeat, we can start to undereat, because we're just trying to figure out how we're going to fill this gap between wanting to feel enough and everybody outside of me telling me that I'm just not enough. And then that leads to all of the, you know, unhealthy habits and things like that. And it's another thing where it's like, who says that people have to have one body type? You know, you could have one body type and be healthy. You could have another body type and be completely unhealthy. You Mm -hmm. know, you know, size, number, weight, 
does not equate to health. And I think that we need to like shift that mentality of is this person healthy versus is this person skinny or thin? Mm-hmm. You know, because you can be skinny and then and be completely unhealthy. And then I also think the power of people that we really think are important in our lives, like our parents or our sisters or other people, right? Who don't love themselves because what they really are doing, it's not even about, you know, the, the, the kid who they in their distorted view view as chubby. It's really that they're projecting their own unhealthy way of thinking onto a child. Mm-hmm. They don't feel enough in themselves. They think they have to be this, that, or whatever in order to be worthy and deserving. So they project their own dysfunction onto their children. Like I remember I was, um, I was, I'm not going to say who they were, but I was hanging around some people who are very near and dear to me. And uh, there was a little six-year-old girl and she was saying how like, oh, like my, I don't want to wear shorts to school. My thighs are so big. My thighs are huge. Everyone's going to laugh. And she was six. Tiny little thing. Mm. Those were not her thoughts. Those were her mother's thoughts that her mother had about herself. Mm -hmm. And she was mirroring what she saw her mother do. And her mother was the one who hated her body. I don't mean the little girl's body. I mean her own body. Right. So all day long, she would be saying, like, I can't eat carbs. I can't eat this. I got to da-da-da. You don't want thunder thighs. You don't want your arms flabby. You don't want this. You don't want that. So all day long, the mother is going around hating herself. Mm-hmm. And the little girl is looking up to her mother, and she's now learning, oh, mommy hates herself. Then I should hate myself. Mm-hmm. And that's literally, and when she said that, it literally broke my heart. It was like this sweet little girl. And that's when it clicked. I was like, there it is. That's generational trauma. That's generational curses. That's, you know what I mean? Like, it's like it's that subtle. Mm-hmm. Yet it's so insidious and so traumatic because the mom doesn't realize she's teaching the daughter to hate herself. But that's exactly what she's doing. And I think the more we have conversations like this, the more we talk about it, the more education we have, the more mindset we have, the more we can start changing it. Because everything always starts with self. So the more we learn to love ourselves exactly as we are, not when, not if, mm-hmm. through example, because people always learn through the example of the person. So I could sit here all day long and be like, love yourself. But if I'm walking around and not actually loving myself, then the people who look up to me, the, the children who are who are impressed by me, they're going to pick up on the fact that I don't really love myself and they're going to mirror that, mm-hmm. you know, that was actually one of the points that I had thought about prior to coming onto your show. Yeah. I was like, people, you teach people how to treat you. So 100%. a lot of the times people are upset at the way people treat them, but you have to reflect on how you treat yourself. So when you have commitments to go to, let's just say the gym, right? Mm-hmm. Do you keep your commitment or do you cancel your commitment? So, you know, those, those type of things, like, do you love yourself? Are you showing people that you're committed to committed to things? Well, if you're not, you're showing people that it's okay to break commitments with you because you're not that serious anyway. So yeah. I think it's just very important that we show the, I mean, obviously show ourselves, but show the world how to treat ourselves because 
without that, they have no baseline and you can't be upset with them um, for treating you that way because that's how you treat yourself. A hundred percent. And I also think people will test you, you know, especially if you like set a boundary with someone, they mm-hmm. will, the first thing they'll, they'll say is, okay, cool. <laughs> and then the next thing they do is test it because they want to see, are you serious about um, yourself? Are you serious about honoring what you said that made you safe or made you feel comfortable? Because if they can get you to go back on what you said you were going to do about yourself, then they've won. Then they have the control. Then they're not going to take you seriously. Then they know it can go back to status quo. And usually if someone's going to test your boundary, status quo means that person benefited from you having them. Right. So they're going to go back to using and exploiting and getting what they can get without really giving back or respecting you. And I agree 100%. You know, there's the, there's the ideology that like everyone is you pushed out. And mm-hmm. that basically just means, you know, how you see yourself, how you view yourself, the esteem that you have for yourself will be inflect will be reflected in how other people choose um, see you and treat you, you know. And I also think it goes a, a little bit beyond that too. It also means everyone is you pushed out. So yes, if you respect yourself, people will respect you. But also, you start not attracting people who would want to to you know exploit you anyway. You start attracting people who want to respect you because they respect themselves. You know, you start showing up differently in the world. And when you show up differently in the world, the world shows up differently for you. That's so true. And so, I mean, just because we're getting personal here, um, I personally don't date, but someone said to me um, the other day, they were like, oh, there are no good men out here. And I was just like, first of all, you need to watch yourself because that's not true. And then second of all, there, there might not be in your world where you are because of the energy that you're putting out. Yep. One thing that I did realize, even though I'm not dating, yep. um, after doing the work, the amount of men, like successful men, men who love themselves, men who are respectful, who kind of just showed up in my world has just gone up significantly. Um, I'm not open emotionally or ready for that right now. Yeah, that's fine. But, you know, I'm just like, when you change things about yourself, the right people come in. So when people say they're no good men, I would do some self-reflecting about, are you, are you a good person? Are you a good woman or are you a good man or whoever? Um, But are you a good person if you don't, if you believe that? Yeah. And I think it's also Mm -hmm. like self-fulfilling prophecies, right? Like when you say something, when you, when it's your belief, something that something is so the world, universe, energy, whatever they will give you experiences to prove yourself right. So if you go around saying there are no good men, there are no good men, you could actually be in front of a good man, but the way in which you experience that person will be negative because Mm -hmm. your belief system, the lens through which you experience things, right? That's your belief system. If you believe everything's always working in my favor, something bad could happen, the way you experience that bad thing happening is, well, this had to happen. I'm sure it's going to work out. Well, you know what? This didn't happen, blah, 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 blah. It's all right. about your belief system and your perspective and and the lens through which you experience things. And then the good men will, they're not going to be attracted to that. Like attracts like when it comes to this. They're mm-hmm. not going to be attracted to that negativity. 
You know, if, if someone was going around saying, you know, um, all black women are this way or black women are this, this, that, and the third, there is no way that energetically I would be attracted to someone who's dogging black women because I'm a black woman. Right. So why would a good man energetically be attracted to someone who's dogging good men? Do you see what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So it's like they are just going to have experiences that reinforce what they already believe. Mm -hmm. So if I was that person, I would do a deep dive into what are my beliefs about love? What are my beliefs about relationships? What are my beliefs about men or women? What are my beliefs about myself? Because to me, that's someone who's really guarded. To me, that's someone who is afraid to actually put themselves out there because they're afraid that the actual good man won't choose them. Mm. I never even thought about it like that. That's what it is. It's a lack of self-worth and self-esteem and saying there's no good men. It's just a defense mechanism because they're scared that if they actually do find a quote unquote good man, that somehow they actually won't be good enough to get him and they won't be good enough to keep him. Hmm. So it's easier to say there are no good men. That's why I'm single. There are no good men. That's why these relationships don't work out than to face the fear, which isn't true, just because a relationship doesn't work out doesn't mean you're not worthy, doesn't mean you're not good enough. It just means that particular relationship was not what God had for you. That's it. Mm -hmm. Not a referendum on your worthiness or your lovability. But again, our brains, our minds always wants to put meaning to things. But through mindfulness and intentionality, we can decide the meaning we put to things. Because the person who was saying there are no good men, that's on autopilot. That's from a past wound. That's from a past hurt. That's from insecurity. That's from a fear of abandonment. That's from the fear of um, not being chosen. You know, that's all from that fear base. So that's just an autopilot response because they're tr actually trying to protect themselves. Mm -hmm. but when you have mindfulness and intentionality and you have self-love, instead of saying there are no good men, you say, I only attract high quality men who love and respect. Oh, wow, right. there are so many amazing men out here. Or you could even switch it. And I always like to do, um, make it self-based. So I always like to switch it. And I always say, I am so worthy of commitment, love, and respect from high-quality men. Because mm -hmm. then you put you in the operant space rather than making it about the man, somebody oh. outside of you. <laughs> right. The man isn't good or the man is amazing. You know, I don't care how great he is. Nobody's on a pedestal, boo-boo. I don't care. <laughs> You're always surprised. I don't care how good he is. I know Nobody, that's right. Nobody's on a pedestal, right? Make it about your worth and your value. Make it about what you have to offer. You know, mm -hmm. I am worthy of love and commitment and respect by high quality men. That gives you the power. That gives you the power to show up as this is who I am and this is and this is how I am treated. And then let the world respond accordingly to you rather than giving away the power to, will this good man choose me, please? I want to be good enough. <laughs> or, well, there's no good men out there. They're all in jail, gay, married, or taken. Like, stop it, girl. Stop. Stop. I don't even allow that <laughs> conversation to come when uh -huh. come in, in my world and try to have that conversation. Yeah. I change the subject. I, I move the conversation because I don't want that energy around me because that's not my, <laughs> that's not my MO and that's not what we're doing. 
Exactly. 100%. 100%. What are some of the, um, the tools or resources or, I don't know, moments or ideas that have really led you to being able to love yourself in a more authentic way? Um, so one of the tools I will have to say is the Bible. Um, I know (laughs) that's an old school method, but it has power. Um, I am very spiritual. I don't like to say religious. I'm very spiritual, very connected to God and just having that silent time with God and, um, getting to connect and knowing how much God loves you when, you know, you read scripture and he talks about, you know, you being worth more than rubies. And, you know, more precious. It's just like, wow, like God truly, truly loves me. And when you know the the father's love, it's like you won't allow people to just treat you any kind of way either. So the Bible is a tool. And then for me, silence. Mm. Silence is very important. A lot of the times people, um, I actually got off of social media for about maybe, I don't even know how long. It was for a long time. I wish I could at times. So now I can't because of business. So when I yeah. came, people were like, you're alive, you look good, all of this stuff. I'm like, well, because I wasn't here, was I supposed to be dead? And Exactly. Like, when did Instagram become like the barometer for life? I'm confused. But it is. So um, right. so just silence. And even now, um, I don't, I do have someone helping me with my social media, but sometimes I, I will even just unplug. So, you know, and just let, allow that person to handle it. Because sometimes it's just too much for me, because even if you're not when you're taking in all that content, it's sometimes not good for you because your subconscious mind is comparing. You're looking at the person who has airbrushed everything or contoured everything and comparing it to your natural body. And you're going to start feeling some kind of way. I mean, yeah, people are like, oh, no, I'm unbothered. Yeah, but your subconscious isn't unbothered. Maybe your conscious mind is not bothered, but your yep. subconscious mind is bothered by it. And when you see the skinny girl with the man and all this stuff, and you're not skinny and you're not with the man, like, <laughs> yeah, you start feeling some kind of way. So tuning out to me is just like key number two. Um, that's my second tool. And then number three, <clears throat> and protecting your circle. So if you have those friends who are talking about men aren't anything, or you have those friends who are just negative, I'm I'm not even going to say get new friends, um, but you're just going to have to remove those friends. I, I mean, if you want new friends, whatever, but that's just not the energy. So protect your energy. That's what I'm trying to say. I love that. I love all three of those. Super powerful. Definitely the Bible. Definitely relationship with God. 100%. I was just talking about this on a interview I just did kind like Monday or Tuesday. I think it was Tuesday. Um, and I was saying how the power of knowing that you are always divinely supported, that even when you feel hopeless, even when you feel, I don't know the way I, when I feel alone, when you feel whatever, just remembering that there is literally no moment in time when God is not with you. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like when I feel like confused, I don't know what to do or whatever. I just get, I just do that and say, God, even actually it's like a daily practice in the morning. I'm always just like, God, show me what I should focus on. 
because I'm a creative person. I have 50 million things going all the time. Yes. And so I'm just like, I don't want to lean under my, my own understanding. I don't know what the hell I need to do today. So I'm just like, God, show me what I should focus on. Show me what my priority should be. And I get really quiet. And then he'll say, work on this, do this. And then that's what I'll do. You know, and it's like, I think sometimes people forget the power of having or even what actually having a relationship with God really means. Mm-hmm. It means really talking to him. And I'll say him, but I obviously it's not like, you know, for right. everybody listening, it's not about like gender, but whatever, you know, but it's really about talking to God and throughout the day. It's not just, you know, good morning, nightly prayers, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. It's really having a relationship, going to them, seeking God, you know, talking throughout the day, you know, really making God your best friend and your confidant, you know, and it's, and that's when you get that peace that surpasses all understanding, because no matter what is going on around you, when you're in relationship with God, you still have inner peace and you're not moved by anything that's going on around you because you know that you're in God's hands. Mm-hmm. And that's where your safety is. That's where your protection is. That's where your guidance is. That's where your support is. And I know for me, I used to be really, really super codependent. And so I would never ask for help. I would never ask for support. I thought I can do everything on my own. I have to have all the answers. Everyone comes to me for help. Everybody comes to me for guidance. Everybody comes to me for stuff. I'm not the one that goes to anybody for anything. Mm-hmm. Clearly that had to stop working and got on my path <laughs> of like healing and everything. <laughs> but it made me realize how little self-esteem I had. Mm. Because if you don't believe that you're worthy of help and support, then you may not really, you don't really think that much of yourself. And if I don't think I'm worthy and deserving of my friend's help, of my family's help, then how could I ever believe I was worthy of God's help? Mm. So that to me was a big switch was when I, the light bulb went off and I was like, Oh my God, I have God. <laughs> you know, I was like, wait, I don't have to do this by myself. God can do this for me. Yes. Yes. What a burden is lifted. Right. But it was only when I started to love myself and I started to be confident. I started to have self-esteem where I started to love myself and I was like, whoa, I am so worthy. I am so worthy of God's support. Ding, 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 ding. And it, sound, it might sound bizarre. It might sound weird. But if you have such low self-esteem where you don't think you deserve support from people, how do you think you deserve support from God? No, and I, I think, understand. you know what I mean? So really uh-huh. getting to that point where you're like, no, like I'm his daughter. Mm-hmm. I'm his daughter. There's one um, affirmation I say, this is from, I don't know if you're into like different like philosophers or anything, but there's this amazing philosopher. Her name is um, Florence Govoshin. And she has this one uh, mantra that I love all the time. And it goes, I am the daughter of the most high king. Everything and everyone makes way for me. That is like my hype. Like that is my, when I really need to hype myself up for something. Put that in the notes because that's a tweet, tweet right there to quote my friend. That's a tweet, tweet. Like I really need to hype myself up. I'll either say it out loud in the mirror or if there are people around, whatever, I'll just say it in my head. And I'm like, I am the daughter of the most high king. Everyone, everything makes way for me. 
that is me tapping into my divinity. Don't you know who I am? Don't you know who mm -hmm. I belong to? Don't you know God loves me? Mm-hmm. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> People underestimate that God love, though. Oh, you don't understand, girl. Mm. They mm. truly do. And I tell people, one of my friends is a prophet and she's just like, people get upset with her and she's like, and sometimes they may do stuff to her and she's like, they can mess with me. They were like, but she was like, God always gets them. So she's like, I don't, she was like, you know, I'm a daughter of a king. So, you know, you exactly. know so when you know that worth and you know how God operates for you, when you trust and believe, because, and that was one 100%. thing when I started my journey, I used to say I love God. I used to say I trust God. I grew up as a Christian. Mm -hmm. I was in church all of my life. But I was just going through the motions. I was just checking off the boxes, checking off the boxes. And the crazy thing is, or maybe crazy to some, I'll just say Christians. And I put Christians because some people yeah. are in church and I just believe they're just checking off the boxes. Yep. But my relationship with God actually got stronger when I stopped going to church. Now, I am not a proponent of stopping going to church. Now, I'm just telling yeah. you my particular yeah. story and how it worked out for me. Yeah. But after I stopped attending church, it was like I literally heard the voice of God. He started speaking directly to me, but I was spending more time in the word. And I wasn't just mm -hmm. listening to what someone told me the Bible said. I took time to read the whole Bible for myself. Yeah. So all of these things that I have been told. I went to a Baptist, like a traditional Baptist church. I, I grew up Baptist. Some of the things that I used to be told because I don't want to offend anybody on your um, podcast, but none of the, so I won't repeat them, but some of the things that I was taught, I was just like, I don't even know that God believes that because, you know, I think you are supposed to literally, yep. there should be no judgment. The only thing I believe my job as a Christian is to do is to literally love the hell out of people. It's not my, um, I shouldn't be telling you, oh, Candy, you shouldn't do this, you shouldn't do that. I need to love, send Candy so much love that that sin will come out of her. <clears throat> so, but yeah, but I used to say I had a relationship with God, but I did not have a relationship with God. I was just going through the, the motions. But when I found and tapped into that true relationship with God, it changed yeah. how I connected. It changed how I saw myself. I loved myself. I no longer searched for outside love. I truly knew what I wanted and desired. And I made way for those things to come into my life. 100%. I agree with everything mm -hmm. you said. Because it's, it, it's also that thing where God lives in us. God doesn't live in a church. <laughs> uh -huh. God lives within us. So we have the power to go inside and, and talk to him and to connect to him and to read the scripture and to meditate and to pray and to journal. You know, all of these tools are available to us individually. That's why we don't have to, you know, confess your sins to people. And you don't have mm -hmm. to have other people. Like, of course, it's great to have community and communion and, and guidance 100%. But... At the core, God lives in us. We have a direct line to God ourselves. Right. That's why God gives us discernment. That's why God gives us intuition. That's why God blesses us with the Holy Spirit. So that if anyone tries to say this is from God or this is what the Bible says, we have our own GPS system inside of us that can say, uh-uh, uh-uh. <laughs> And just like you said, like, it's not our job to police and to judge other people, because first of all, we don't know 
what God is doing in that person's life. We don't know the reason why that person is doing what they're doing, going through what they're going through. So I, if I'm going to pray for someone, I never pray my will. God, let this person stop. Let this person be. Let this person. I like, I always just say, God, I send unconditional love to X, Y, Z. May your will be done in their life. Because we don't know. We don't even know what God is doing in our lives half the time until it's we down the road, to be honest. Mm-hmm. You know, there are things we go through and I'm like, God, what's up? <laughs> like, yeah. I like, I need you to come through. I'm confused. Like, what exactly is going on? <laughs> you know, until down the road where I can look back and be like, oh God, now I see why you had this person leave. Now I see why you had me go through that. Now I see why this had to go that way. Now I see why. No hindsight mm-hmm. 2020. So if we don't have all the answers of why God moves, allows things to happen in our own lives, how dare we say we know right. how God is moving in somebody else's life? So I agree with you 100%. It's not our job to judge other people or to say this person should be that or not that because we don't know how God is working in somebody's life. But mm-hmm. we can have empathy and compassion and be like, you know what, this person's maybe not making the decisions I would make. Maybe this is going on. I don't know. But you know what, God? I'm sending unconditional love to this person, and may your will be done in their life. Mm-hmm. That's how I think we should pray for other people. Absolutely. You know? Absolutely. And that's how we. That's how I pray for myself. But I had to – I had similar moments where when you were – just like when you were talking about your – you thought you had the relationship, but you're going through the emotions until you realize the real relationship. For me, some of my blocks were I thought that I was – ambitious. I thought that I had, you know, this, that, the third. But then when I really got self-aware, it was a lot of codependency. It was a lot of ego. Mm. And not not ego that I understood. Like I was never narcissistic or like, oh, I'm this, I'm that. It wasn't any of that. It was ego in the sense of I need to prove myself. I need to do this. I need to do that. I need, why am I not this by now, that by now? It was like this race against society and other people, you know, whatever. When what was lacking for me was the appreciation piece, because mm-hmm. ambition without e- without appreciation is ego. You can have goals. I'll give you an example. I just talked about this um, a couple of episodes ago on my podcast, where I live in California. It's, it's like the cost of living is crazy, and I was like, why don't I have a house? Everyone around, like everybody's getting houses. Like you know. All, me in my mind thinking it's a goal, thinking it's ambition, thinking it's, you know, vision board status, right? Mm-hmm. But I wasn't appreciating what God had already given me mm-hmm. until this family next door in my um, like complex, my family next door moved in and it's a mom and a dad and two children. And I believe that must be like a I'm guessing that that one's like a two bedroom or something like that, maybe two or three. And the kids are so happy. I mean, they are mm-hmm. on one every day. They're laughing, they're giggling, they're jumping <laughs> in the pool, they're having fun, they're running around. Best life ever. And I, and in that moment, I said, "Wow, God, thank you for showing." Mm-hmm. Because if these children, you know, I grew up in like a, a big, nice house. I couldn't imagine growing up in a, an apartment building, right? So if these children are so excited and so happy and so joyful living in an apartment who 
do I think I am to complain about, you know, being single, living in a one bedroom in one of the most expensive cities in the world? Mm -hmm. Like, check yourself, boo-boo. And I had to check myself, you know? Trust me, I'm very self-aware and I'm very honest. Like, you know what I mean? When I have to check myself, I always talk about on the podcast, when I need to check myself, I had to check myself. I was just like, what exactly is your problem, girl? What's what's the problem? Are you, are you worried about appearances? Are you worried about what you think other people think you should have or society thinks you should have? Like, like what's like what's actually the problem? Because there isn't one. The only problem is your ego. Yeah. So when I sat back and I started to appreciate, you know, God, thank you for my apartment. God, thank you for the lights. Thank you for the, the food in the refrigerator. Thank you for my heart beating. Thank you for the palm trees. Thank you for the sun. Thank you for safety. Yes. Thank you for housing. Thank you for my bed. Thank you for the internet. Thank you for today. When I got into appreciation and gratitude, yes, I still have the goal, sure. But I no longer had the, the, the ungratefulness. I no longer had the dissatisfaction. Uh-huh. I no longer felt that there was anything lacking. Because if you can have ambition and goals, but if you don't have appreciation and gratitude, that's just ego. And ego will always eat at you. Because your ego will always tell you, you're not enough. You're not there yet. You're never going to make it. Everyone's surpassing you. You're lacking. Uh-huh. You made too many mistakes. Your ego will always tell you you're not enough. That's why you have to have ambition and goals with appreciation and gratitude. Or else your goals will become your worst nightmare. Your goals will become your anxiety. Your goals will become your depression. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. I understand. And now that you're in the appreciative mode, I feel like you're going to make different decisions, better decisions. And I believe that you're going to operate as a homeowner and that door exactly. of home ownership will come. But mm-hmm. before you would just be, you know, sitting there griping about what you don't have. And so the doors of opportunity were going to close because you weren't grateful for what you do have right in front of you. 100% being, um, and it's, again, it was so subconscious. Of course, consciously, I wasn't like, let me sit here and complain and be ungrateful. Right. Like, of course not. It was, it was so subconscious, but that's why I like the mindfulness and working on yourself and, you know, talking to God and having a new perspective is so important and being open to bearing witness to yourself. You know, that mm-hmm. to me is what self-awareness when I bear witness to myself you know, with compassion, always with compassion. I'm not judging myself. Even when I check myself, it's not judgment. It's not criticism. It's not like, oh, girl, you messed up. It's none of that stuff. I bear witness to myself with compassion. And then I can say, you know what? In this area, you're kind of being an ungrateful person. In this this area, you're kind of letting your ego take over. You know, in this area, maybe you need to humble yourself. Like I have an opportunity that I'm working on now. And after I got done with the meeting, I prayed because I was like, God, check my ego in any situation. Let me be humble. Show me the humility because sometimes we don't see our own ego in Uh situations. And sometimes we have to ask God to remove it so that we don't continue to sabotage our own success, you Uh know, because self-sabotage, it shows you one thing when it's really another one. You think you're being, you know, knowing your worth. Maybe you're just actually just being difficult. You know? 
That can be true. That can you know be true. what I'm saying? Like maybe, maybe you need to pipe down for a second. You know, maybe you need to take the steps to get there. You know, we all want a quantum leap, but maybe you need to take a baby step. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And so, I think as you're talking about that, it just makes me think like doing the work takes time. So people, I mean, I just don't want people to think, you know, okay, well, you know, they talked about this, they talked about this and, you know, or they're repeating their affirmations in the mirror and like, okay, in two weeks, I need to be loving myself. That's not how it works. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) The work takes time and you have been subconsciously, um, I don't even know the word, but you've been subconsciously, consciously, you know, these things have been coming to your subconscious for years. So do you think that literally two weeks, of you going to the gym saying I love me and like drinking water is going to cure it. Absolutely not, honey. Even, I mean, my journey, it's probably been a little stagnant, but um, it's just kind of like been all over the place. But overall, I am, I feel like I'm complete with my, well, your journey is never truly complete, but I, I know that I feel whole, but I can't even really truly tell you how long it's been because there's been so many starts and stops and ups and downs and all of these things. And like she said, grace yourself when you're going through these seasons. Like, don't beat yourself up. Just start the next day. Um, and I guess I'm talking about weight loss because that's something that really hits home for me. Yeah. Um, with the whole starting over the next day. But don't don't erase the good, like the little bit of bad. It's not going to do anything. It's okay. You messed up and don't beat yourself up. Grace yourself. And I think a lot of the times we don't grace ourselves we're just done with it. We're like, well, we messed up the diet. We're just going to be done for the whole mm-hmm. week or year. And we're not going back down that path. So I don't even like diets. Yeah, I don't like diets either. And I think I think when it comes to diets or weight loss or a healing journey, whatever it is, I think we should start really thinking of how am I creating my life? How am I designing mm-hmm. my life? It really should be lifestyle design consciously designing what your lifestyle will be you know whether i like i want a lifestyle of talking to myself in a loving way i want a lifestyle of eating intuitively if i want the ice cream i'm gonna eat the ice cream if i want the salad i'll have the salad you know just being into what i want to eat not villainizing any food group like carbs are not evil like calm down everybody you know what i mean like how do like what is the lifestyle i want to cultivate you know i want to cultivate the lifestyle of knowing that i'm worthy of commitment, love and respect for my quality men. You know, I want, that's the lifestyle I want. I want a lifestyle of living from a place of appreciation. I want a lifestyle of cultivating my relationship with God on a daily moment to moment basis. Right. So Mm -hmm. I think it's really, you know, I want to cultivate a lifestyle of, you know, going for a run every day or going to the gym or going or trying that new yoga class. I think it's really about learning that you're cultivating a lifestyle because it's not like oh i've learned the five principles of self-love thing i'm done right (laughs) i wish (laughs) i wish like it's like the myth of the healing process that like one day a light bulb goes off and then you're done for the rest of your life no the the gag is it's it's a life it's a life you know it's, it's, a journey. It's, it's a journey it's sometimes it's moment to moment sometimes it's day to day sometimes week to week I think it's decision, decision. In this decision, maybe I faltered. But what's the next decision that I can make that's in alignment with the lifestyle I want? 
What's mm-hmm. the next decision I can make? You know, maybe I messed up on my quote unquote, you know, healthy eating lifestyle today, whatever that may look like. But what's the next decision I can make that's in alignment with the higher version? Like for me, when I try to, you know, do things, I try to think about the highest, not necessarily even the highest, but like what's the next version of myself that I'm becoming? What's the next version of Candy? Mm-hmm. What would she do? How would she operate? What does she think? Who is she? And then how can I act in service of her now? Because I think that's the quickest way to go from where you are to where you want to be. It's embodying that next version. So like if that next version of me is that homeowner, what does the version of me that has the home, what is she doing now in order to get there? How is she thinking? How is she investing? How is she moving? How is she being, right? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think that's sort of how we can get into that space of what's the next right decision I can make that's in alignment with the version of myself that I'm becoming. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Thank you for sharing. Absolutely. Andrea, this has been amazing. So I have two last questions for you. The first is, what is one last piece of wisdom or one last piece of advice or guidance that you want to leave us with? It could be something you've already said that you think is really important, or it could be something new, just whatever is on your heart to share with us. And then secondly, again, everybody, everything will be linked in the description box and the show notes. But where can we find you? Where can we look up um, LNO Greek and connect with you with everything as well? Okay, so one thing that always resonates with me is you can't pour from an empty cup. Mm, So make sure that you're full, get yourself full and, you know, do the work on yourself. Um, and once you are, are full and, you know, you're feeling good, go bless someone else. Um, you know, when I was doing that, one thing about me is I'm actually, kind, I'm not shy. I'm just myself around my people. And so um, yeah. what that just means is like, I'm just more introverted. <laughs> so when I take the Myers-Briggs, I'm actually 50-50. Like sometimes I'm an E, sometimes I, I'm an I. It just depends on the day. You're ambivert. Yeah. So, you know, I'm kind of right, right on the cusp, but I used to think, okay, well, like I'm so great. You know, God has blessed me now. Okay. Now this is, this is it. Like Andrea's good. And I didn't want to go share my story, but my coach was like, you need to go tell people what, you know, people, what life transformation you've made. And so I just say that to say like, you know, yes, you're doing it for yourself, but you're doing it for the little six-year-old who thinks she has fat thighs. You know, you're doing exactly. it for other people. So, you know, going through this journey, it may be, ch- not it may be, it will be challenging. Like, let me, Girl. <laughs> let me back up. It will be challenging, but yet you're going to help so many people and you're going to help the right people. Your tribe will find you. So just know that this journey, It and I'll tell you, I started this journey alone. It was a very lonely journey. But in the midst, I, the right people, I don't know, I found the right people, the right, right people found me, whatever you want to say, um, nonetheless. But so just remember, like, in order to pour into other people and this journey is not, you need to be a full cup. And then this journey is not just about you. It's about other people and bringing people along um, so they can feel better about themselves as well. 
Exactly. I love that. (laughs) And where can we find you? Okay, so I have two pages. I have at LNO underscore Greek, and that's where you're going to find the Greek apparel. And for like just self-love, travel, sisterhood, those types of things, because that's who I am. I, I love to travel. I love my my sorors. I'm a part of Delta Sigma Theta Sorority Incorporated. And, you know, all those self-care things, that is going to be at Andrea. And so you can see the spelling of my name is A-R-N-D-R-E-Y-A. So both of those on Instagram and you all can find me right there. And the links to my websites are on Instagram. Perfect. Yeah. And everybody listening, they will also be linked in the description box and the show notes. So you can click on those and connect with her. Thank you so much. This has been such a beautiful conversation. I know I got a lot out of it. You're such a light. I truly, truly appreciate you. And everybody, I appreciate you too. Yes, yes. <laughs> and everybody listening or watching, thank you so much for spending your time with us. And if you got value out of this, be sure to like this video, subscribe to my channel, and share with a friend. Um, If you're listening on the podcast platforms, be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And again, check out the description box in the show notes. We have tons of goodies in there. We have merchandise, coaching, courses, books, podcasts, movies. We got the whole situation going on down there. And yeah, share this with someone because your journey to self-love and so forth is always better with a little bit of support. So until next time, everybody, take care of yourself and each other. And I love you. Bye. Welcome to Sugar Pills, a practical guide to self-care, where your host, writer, actor, and producer, Candy Washington, helps you live a more joyful life with a cheeky dash of pop culture news. Be sure to subscribe, leave a five-star review, and join the conversation on Instagram at Candy Washington. Let's go.